We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Redemption Church with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. That, that barrel always goes down the ladder. That always happens. But Donkey Kong's not the answer we're looking for. What's, who's the, what is the deadliest video game character? In the hit, what did you say? I don't, I don't know what that is, so I'm not going to say it out loud. I'm not getting in trouble. Well, I got some, maybe you thought of Bowser. Who knows who Bowser is? Do we know who Bowser is? There he is in the first iteration of Super Mario Brothers, right? He's, he's in a movie right now. He's the main bad guy in the Super Mario Brothers. But that is not him. Maybe you thought of one of my favorite bad guys, Mother Brain. Does anybody know who Mother Brain is? From Metroid, Mother Brain is pretty good. And that's like a, a pretty scary, right? That'll keep you up at night. Mother Brain is really deadly, especially with her Metroids when they suck out your brain juice. That's really bad, right? But that's not the answer we're looking for. What about Dr. Robotnik from Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog? Is that, is that him, Eggman? That is not the answer. I, I think you're going to be surprised because I did the hard science this week. And I have an answer for this question. The answer to this question, who is the deadliest video game character of all time is, let's surprise him, this guy. What is, uh, y'all help me. He's a Goomba. Oh my gosh. It's good. Redemption Church, we may not be able to quote a scripture, but we got, we know this one. This is a Goomba. Everybody say Goomba. And this is not just any Goomba. Which Goomba is this? This is the very first Goomba, stage one, world one, stage one, however they say, the very beginning. I mean, you've just pushed start and it starts, right? Right? What is the theme song to the first level, anybody? Da 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 da. And you're just running along and suddenly, da 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 da. You just died at the hands of the deadliest video game character in the world. So what's special about this guy? Does this guy like jump? No. Does he have laser eyes? No. Does he suck out brain juice? No. None of this happens. Does he shoot fireballs or is he invincible? No, no. But it's true that statistics predict that no other character in video game history has killed more players than the most basic, ordinary Goomba from the first level of Super Mario Brothers. Now be honest. Raise your hand if you've ever been killed by this Goomba. Come on. Oh my gosh, he's got, Kathy's like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I beat that game with my eyes closed. <laughs> Y'all are lucky. Y'all are lucky. I actually thought about doing a sermon where I, who's really good at it, playing Super Mario, and then whoever said they were going to be good, I was going to make them play it blindfold or something. We didn't do that, but you saw the hands go up. Most people that played this game, I would say pretty much 100% of the people that have played this game have lost to this guy. What, what, what causes that? This is the easiest character in the entire game. What is it? You just jump on it. Exactly. Right? I want to tell you why people lose to this guy. Here it is. They're not paying attention. So many times I was, I was distracted and I just was moving forward. I looked over there and then I heard the sound that I had just died at the hands of the Goomba. 
Or maybe you're learning the controls. That's possible. Maybe this is your very first time. You're like, now which way do I run? Which one's the jump button? Do I, have you, gosh, anybody ever play video games where you actually have to stand up because you're just not good with the control? And you're like, I'm trying to turn. My gosh, I've almost hurt myself playing Mario Kart trying to do that. Maybe you're learning the controls and maybe that could be why you, you, you broke there. Uh, maybe you were pushing the wrong buttons. There's a lot of sermon stuff we could just get out of, out of this. But what defeats us the most, I want to tell you today, is not the boss battles, but the simple, the basic, and the ordinary gameplay of life. The Bible says a verse, it says, it's the small foxes. That spoiled the vine. What does that mean? That means it's, it, it's the very tiny little creatures that run into your vineyard that eat up your harvest. It is the small things. I'm telling you, if you ever have to face the, the defeat of a divorce, I'm telling you, it is a bunch of little small things that never got defeated in your life. That, that's why you're going through. If you ever have to file for bankruptcy... I'm telling you, it's not one single thing, but it's a lot of small foxes that have caused that. I want to ask you today at the very beginning of this, ver- of this sermon, what is your Goomba? What is your Goomba? What is that small fox for you? What is that very basic, ordinary thing that you ought to be passed by now, but you keep running right into it? And, and there, there is a way, you know what happens in Mario? When you die to that Goomba, you know what happens? You have to start back over right at that Goomba. And some of us, we are in this pattern of life where we fail and we go right back to the same level face to face with the very same Goomba. Whatever temptation you're not succeeding in and having victory over, I guarantee you, you're going to run into it again. Let me tell you this. The personality of the person that you're having trouble with you're going to run into that personality again. You've got to learn how to win in that situation. Whatever it is, if there is a temptation in your life, you're going to run into that again. What if, what if it's a discipline in your life? I need to find a discipline. Most of our financial issues can be answered with discipline. A lot of our relationship issues could be answered with discipline. A lot of our growth as a person and growth as a Christian could be answered by discipline. Maybe that's your Goomba. Maybe it's your temper. Maybe you lose that temper. Maybe it's something that's kind of a little broken in you. Maybe it's a wrong way that you see things. Maybe you are raised to think a certain thing about people and that's your Goomba. And you got to get past that Goomba. There is more to life than running into the same Goomba. Look at somebody and just say you're better than that. You are meant for more than that. God has a plan for you that is greater than the Goomba that you keep tripping up against. Who believes me today? Right now. Lord, I pray. I pray, Lord, let us have victory over the silly little thing that keeps tripping us up today. Let today be the day where we get that godly wisdom, where we get a power up in our life, where we never, you listen, you can defeat that enemy so greatly today 
that it's never a problem for you again. We live right next door, right here, to a place that says once a fill-in-the-blank, always a fill-in-the-blank. I'm telling you, there's a power up where that is not true anymore. That Once depressed, always depressed. Wrong. Once a drug addict, drug addict, always a drug addict. Wrong. You can receive a power up that takes you way beyond that Goomba where you never lose to it again. I want to remind you what a power up is. A power up is an object that adds temporary benefits or extra abilities to the player, right? Super Mario, we've got the mushroom. It grows you up. We've got the flower. You can shoot little fireballs with it. Later on, you can turn into a raccoon and fly because we know raccoons fly. And what we've tried to teach you in this series, very simply, is that God has power ups for you. However, God's power ups are not temporary. God has a power up for you that the devil can't take away. No one can take it away because God gives it. If God gives it, only God could take it away. And in his word, he said that he gives gifts and he does not take them away. So I'm talking about a power up that you can have for the rest of your life. Week one, we talked about dunamis. Dunamis, it's that dynamite power and ability. And it works where? inside of you this is a power that works within you say within Within. then week two we talked about exousia that is authority and a right and that is authority that works above you it's God's authority over you and whatever you bring in in your life under the authority of Jesus Christ you have a right and a privilege that the devil can't touch he has to Stay hands off when you have exousia, power, dunamis, and exousia. And today I want to talk to you about power over other powers. So it's a power over other powers, but it's really a power to go through. Everybody say a power to go through. And it is kratos. Everybody say kratos. It's the word for dominion. Sometimes it's called might. Sometimes it's called strength. Sometimes it's just called power, but this is a specific Greek word. It is, I believe, the third most used word in the New Testament for a power. It's kratos, and it means dominion. What is dominion? It means sovereign or supreme authority. It means the power of governing. In other words, it's kingdom dominion. You see D-O-M in that. Kingdom Dominion, or you might say a kingdom domain, right? Dominion is exercising the power of ownership of a kingdom domain. If if you own something, no one can arrest you for stealing the thing. Because you own the thing. If you own the thing, nobody can grab it from you and say, that is mine. No, you have legal authority. You can take them to the court and you say, I I have this. I bought this. This is actually mine. This is the area of dominion. It is a right. It is a privilege. But it is, in the Bible terms, a right and a privilege of a kingdom. And it is the kingdom of God. Dominion is exercising the power of ownership of a kingdom domain. I want to quickly give you some examples of dominion in Scripture. Adam and Eve is one. 
Right there in the beginning of your book. It's the first place we see the word dominion. Granted, it's in the Hebrew. But it's Genesis 1.28. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth on earth. What did they have dominion over? Everything in the earth. They had dominion over everything in the earth. Adam and Eve had a dominion power. As they moved through the garden, they had the power to name the things. They had the dominion power. Now, Abraham is another character in Genesis, right? And and throughout the covenant promise of God, he is given a dominion. Genesis 13 and 17, God says to him, go, walk through, everybody say through, through, the length and breadth of the land, for I am giving it to you. Right there, we have a wonderful promise of God. You do this, I do this. That's the promise. That promise still works that way. God works that way. He has things for you to do. And if you do them, he'll do this. And the things he does, they're mighty good. Can I get a witness in here? Whatever you have to go through in order to claim that promise of God, it is worth it. Abraham, you're not just taking a walk. You're actually walking in dominion because God has given you a right and a privilege. And he says, as you are walking, I am giving you this land. You are laying claim to the land with every footstep. Does that sound like a kingdom domain? Yes, it is. Later, God gave this promise to Moses in Deuteronomy eleven twenty four. Every place where you set your foot will be yours. The territory, it doesn't say the territory, does it? What does it say? Your territory. When you have dominion, it's no longer the territory. It's your territory. When you have dominion, it's no longer the promises of God. It's my promises of God. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the Euphrates River to the Mediterranean Sea. No one will be able to stand against you. Somebody say dominion. Dominion. The Lord your God has, as he promised you, will put the terror and fear of you on the whole land wherever you go. The terror and fear of who? That's different how we think, isn't it? Every time I read this verse, I'm like, I always expected to say the terror and fear of God. It doesn't. It says the terror and fear of you. I'm telling you, you are hell's worst nightmare when you have dominion power in you. You put the terror and fear of you in, their, in those people. And later we see that actually happen. They're, they're worried. They're worried. It says, Rahab says, everybody in Jericho is so worried about you and your God. We're scared to death of you and your God. What is that? That's dominion. The same promise is then given to Joshua. Joshua 1.3. I will give you every place where you set your foot. So we have Adam and Eve, we have Abraham, we have Moses, we have Joshua, 
they had dominion, and there's many more examples, but those are really big ones right there at the beginning of your Bible. I want to tell you, they did not just exist in the location. Many people in life are just existing. Many people in life are just in a survival mode. The reason why our entertainment uh, uh, industry has exploded over the last few decades is that people more than ever are just existing. They are just trying to go through the normal day. They are trying to escape the problems. They don't have an answer for the problems. So let's binge an episode and maybe we'll feel a little less worse about the situation. Addictions on the rise. It is very much the same thing. Addiction, whether it is a pornographic addiction, whether it is an alcoholic addiction, whether it is a, a, a drug addiction, whether it is a social media addiction, whatever addiction you can talk about, I'm telling you, it is an escapism. And it is just living in a location. It is not thriving. It is definitely not dominion. When you are just existing, something else is going to have dominion over you. But these people, they did not just have a location that they lived in. They took ownership of the location for the kingdom of God. In the Garden of Eden, through the wilderness, on the road to the promised land. God spoke to them and in that moment they took dominion over their location. There are so many Christians in the world, but I don't think we're living in dominion. With all the problems in our world, you know what the world really needs? The world, of course, needs Jesus, but it needs not just Jesus. Listen, I'm very careful when I say that. But it needs Jesus' people that are willing to walk into the brokenness and say, it doesn't have to be this way. There can be victory in your life and there can be love in your life. Oh, I feel God's presence on that. You can have forgiveness in this situation. Somebody needs to do that. You know who that is? Your pastor. Well, not just your pastor, you. Jesus' people are called to live in that dominion. When you have dominion, where you are is where God's kingdom is. Where you are is where the kingdom is. Because you're dominion people. What is the kingdom of God? It's three things. Thank you, Clyde Fluitt. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. Who's got the Holy Spirit of God living in them? Listen. Let me just come against the enemy that says you're not good enough. Listen, you aren't good enough. Get over that. But the Holy Spirit in you, it's good enough. It works. And the Holy Spirit that produces righteousness in you, it shows up and it's good enough. It works. Righteousness, what's the second one? Peace. That peace that's in the Holy Spirit, that's in you, it shows up and it works. And what's the next one? Joy, joy shows up and it works right there. Those three things that are produced by the Holy Spirit are enough for a worldwide revival. 
You know a person right now that all they, all they need is for righteousness to show up. Yes, right, they need to see somebody who doesn't fall prey to their temptation. Righteousness. They need to see somebody that won't steal on the job. And doesn't run the clock when they aren't working. They need to see somebody that's righteousness. That's right. Not self-righteousness. Holy Spirit righteousness and peace. Peace. Do you know there's sometimes you walk into. I've walked into rooms. I'm like what on earth did I just walk into? Yeah. I remember there's a story. I'll just take a little time here. We were at our house. And my, my brother Linus got in from working at Bush's Chicken. He smelled like chicken. And he was in a foul mood. And this was not normal. This was not normal. And he just started picking an argument with me and my dad. We were about 18, 19 years old. He just started picks an argument with us. He's just arguing. We're trying to reason with him. There's no re Can I tell you, you cannot reason with the flesh. You cannot reason with fear. You cannot reason with unrighteousness. I'll just name the antithesis of this kingdom of God. And I just had a sense in my heart right there. I just, I said, we need to pray. And so we just fell on our face, me and my dad, and started praying. And Linus is in like fighting posture. He's like, well, this is no fun. I was going to argue with you. And old man, you don't know what you're doing. And Chris, you're an idiot and all this stuff. And we're just like, God, we love our brother Linus. Lord, bless him. Lord, Help his heart. God, let the peace of God show up in him. And while we're praying, we sense a third person down on the floor next to us. And it's Linus going, God, take this heart of mine. And take this worry of mine. And take this anger of mine. What happened? We can try to argue. You cannot argue your way to dominion. We, there was no thing that we could just tell him. We could not quote a verse to him or, or give him a, a principle from a self-help book to help him. But we got a hold of the peace of the Holy Spirit that is the kingdom of God. And in that moment, we took dominion. I'm telling you, in your very home, you need to take dominion. Sometimes you just need to fall on your face and you need to start praying and let the peace of God take ownership of the room it will change the room some of you are walking into jobs where it is just crazy the hatred that's going on there and the the backstabbing that's going on there and you hate your job I get it I get it I get it but you know what you serve a different kingdom and it comes with you in that room and when you come in that room you have the power of the Holy Spirit to transform the room to take dominion over the room. And I'm not telling you that you even have to yell at somebody a scripture. No. I'm telling you that the Holy Spirit in you produces the peace of the kingdom. And it is good enough to take the dominion. And lastly, there is such sorrow in this world. And there are many reasons to be sad. There are many reasons to be upset. Every day you hear the news. My goodness, they lead with the worst news and they stay there. But there is a joy 
in the Holy Spirit. And you need to come into places. You need to come to your friends that are depressed. And not be, not be lighthearted about it. Not be unserious about what they're going through. But produce a dominion joy. And that's such a foreign thing. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Those are not the, the pictures of warfare in our world. But it's how we do battle in the heavenly realm. It's how we do battle as people of God, as Jesus' people, and bring joy. Let's say this, pray this if you, if you believe it. Repeat it after me. Lord, produce joy. Lord, produce peace. Lord, produce righteousness. And take dominion in Jesus' name. There are times you need to just get in a room, get in a closet, and just bring dominion wherever you are by coming into the presence of the Lord. Adam and Eve had a dominion power over all the earth, through the earth. Abraham, Moses, and Joshua. Then there's a wonderful story about a boy named David, right? A young shepherd. He was delivering a lunch to his brothers. That's often overlooked in the story. The dude didn't show up with a sword. He showed up with sandwiches. I'm telling you, God uses service to bring you into a kingly place. He does it all the time. It's all throughout the Bible. Here it is. He's serving sandwiches. And are the, his brothers really grateful for it? No, they are not. And he, while he's serving these, these things to his brothers, he hears the taunts of a loud giant. Somebody say his name. Goliath. Very good. When David walked out on the field of Elah to battle this giant, I want to tell you his brothers did not think he belonged there. They like cursed him and said, get out of here. You're always causing, you always do this. Why do you got to be so dramatic, David? These are the things his brothers are no doubt thinking. I want to tell you that King Saul, the guy who sat on the throne of Israel at the time, did not think that David was equipped to be there. He tried to put him in his own armor. And then, of course, the giant didn't believe that David belonged there either. He calls him a dog. He insults David because he's too small and he's too young. And so... Nobody really believed that David belonged where David was. But dominion doesn't take a poll. Dominion doesn't look around and say, do you think this is okay? No, dominion says wherever you are, God is with you and ready to fight the battle. <laughs> David shows us right here what dominion looks like. He looks at the giant and he declares that the giant is the one who doesn't belong here. <laughs> Nobody thinks David's here, but David's like, what are you doing here? We are the people of God and we are in the very promised land that he's given us. And you don't understand the calling that I have on my life. And you don't understand my testimony. I've been through a bear before. I've been through a lion before. And the same God is going to deliver this uncircumcised Philistine into my hand today. That's what he does. See, David knew 
He had dominion. And he didn't need anybody else to tell him he had dominion. Right where he stood, he thought to himself. Along these lines, it's not a direct quote. But he thought to himself, well, you know, since I'm here, I might as well beat this giant and lay claim to the promise of God. Oh, that I would face my battles like that. That I would be in the middle of the struggle and say, well, you know, since I'm here, let's just go win a victory. Somebody, I get bad news all the time. I get everyone's bad news. I don't get enough of your good news. That's another sermon, but I need those testimonies too. But I get, I get everyone's bad news. If you got a bad uh, report from the doctor, I get that. And there's, there's a hesitancy and everybody's like, oh, it hurts, it hurts. Why not, why not just have dominion in that moment? Well, since I'm here, since I have you on the phone, <laughs> since we're face to face, since I'm here and God's here and we are in the very presence of the Lord, why not just slay a giant today? Why not just have a victory today? Why not just have a healing today? We might be in the alley, Charles, between our house, but why not just pray and have a victory over cancer, right? Amen. That's dominion. Before today's over, why don't you have that moment and say, well, God, since I'm here, let's just have you defeat everything that's going on in me and have victory in Jesus' name. Everyone say kingdom dominion. When you have dominion power, you are never just present. The kingdom of God is present. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church, the kingdom of God. It won't, it won't prevail. And, and let me explain what that means. That means that in that unpeaceful place, that you're called to have dominion in that place. And we're always shocked. We are shocked when we're in the unpeaceful place. Some people lose faith because they're in the unpeaceful place. No, faith works there too. And God will show you dominion in that place. Depression and addiction in that place. Spirits creating havoc. Let's go right there real quick. You are not alone. Right? Creepy, horror, ghost movie is always based on the idea you're not alone. Right? There's a predator. There's a thing somewhere. I want to tell you, not to frighten you, but you ought to know you are not alone. There is always an enemy that has his eye on you. Sometimes that enemy is you. Let's get that. Sometimes it's your flesh, but sometimes it is a very spirit. It is a spirit that lies. It is a spirit that steals. It's a spirit that wants to kill. It's a spirit that wants to destroy. It's a spirit that wants to exalt itself above God, and it will do anything it can to do that, and it wants to create incredible damage along the way it rejoices to take damage there are spirits that create havoc i believe that what was going on my brother linus that day was a spiritual issue don't you and i believe that when we prayed the holy spirit the big s holy spirit beats all the lower s spirits out there god has said i will give you the place where you set your foot that is in the spirit realm as well Wherever you are, the Spirit of God can defeat not only physical enemies, 
but spiritual enemies. In fact, the Bible tells us really clearly that we wrestle not, somebody quote it, we wrestle not against, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in heavenly high places. All right. So we are fighting those battles. I would tell you that we are fighting those battles more than we understand. Now, as your pastor, as a guy that really loves you, and not as a guy, not as a guy that is telling you this so I can get people to come pray and I feel better about my sermon. Not like that. But as a guy that knows that you are up against more than you understand, please come and pray. It is never out of line to say, Pastor, lay your hands on me and pray in the name of Jesus. Help me take dominion over the forces that are attacking my life. That is always in the right. That is always good and right to do. You hear me? Y'all listen to me. Because sometimes the word of God goes forth and you're like, ah, I know what y'all are thinking. Here's what you're thinking. We'll just go there. Ron's laughing back there. He loves it. I mean, this is what you're thinking. You're thinking this. Well, that was a good sermon for someone else. Sweetheart. It's for you too. You are fighting battles that you don't even understand. We just went through a year-long battle in the hospital. Fighting a battle we did not understand. We were not just fighting an illness. We were not just... A, a, a pill was not going to answer it. A surgery was not going to answer it. We needed a spirit to be defeated... We needed dominion. And it doesn't happen by accident. You have to come under his authority and have dominion over the enemy so you can go through. Somebody say through. When you have dominion, you don't retreat. You go forward and you win. When you have dominion, you have the right to be there and it is the enemy that does not have the right to be there. When you have repented of your sins, and I mean you have got no secret sin in a back closet somewhere. I mean you have literally said, God, I don't want to do that anymore. I turn away from that. I'm telling you, all the rights and the privileges to your life have been cut off from the enemy. Satan has no right for a child of God that's covered by the blood of of the Lamb. So when he has no right and authority, then you take dominion and you expel him from your life. I'm telling you. God, you're so good. Everyone say Kratos. Dominion is exercising the power of ownership of a kingdom domain. You got to exercise. Somebody say exercise. You got to work at this. You got to actually do something. It's not enough to hear the sermon. It's not enough to repeat after me a prayer. We actually have to push in the name of Jesus those things out of our life. And that is the exercising the power of ownership in the kingdom domain. And you know who does this better than nobody else? Good answer. Jesus. It's Jesus. Jesus has all kratos. He has all dominion. 
Revelation 5.13, they sing to him this. To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Be praise and honor and glory and power, kratos, forever and ever. Jude 25 says this. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty and dominion, that's kratos, and power, both now and and forever. Amen. So who has all Kratos dominion? Jesus. It's Jesus. He has it. He has it. Remember, dominion is power over to go through. Here's the picture of Jesus. Jesus has power over, right? We talked last week about a power under. The head of Christ is God. There is an authority that is under, but there's also a power of dominion that you have over. And Jesus demonstrates that too. He walks on the water. He took dominion even over the laws of nature. He walks upon the water. Most people walk in the water. Jesus walks upon the water. Most people, ooh, you listen, most people walk through a problem. When you have dominion, you walk over the problem. You rise above the problem. You see that? It lifts you up. Ah, you, people will be looking at you going, what is up with you? Everything's going crazy and you're like in a different place. You're like, yep, I am. I'm in a different place. Jesus showed that he had power over the storm, right? I was like, they thought, those fishermen thought they were going to die. And Jesus doesn't break a sweat. He says, peace, be still. He rebukes that storm. He had power over it. And they're like, what, my, what manner of man is this? That even the winds and waves obey him. He's got a power over winds and waves. You try doing that. Ha. Jesus showed us how that's done. He had power over death. He had power over hell. He had power over the grave. As they walked with Jesus, they just kept seeing him have power over more and more and more and more things. As you walk with Jesus too, you'll see him have power over more and more and more and more things. All the problems in this world, there's so many of them, but he's got power over all of the problems of this world because he has all dominion. And Jesus had power over, but he also had the power to go through. The Pharisees never stopped him he went right through them. One of my favorite verses in the Bible. It's, I just like to picture this moment. Jesus is about to be thrown off a cliff. They are, he's made them so mad. They're going to throw him off a cliff. And then suddenly, let's get this Jesus. Where did he go? He was just right here. Dan, where is he? Alex, where did he go? Where is he? disappears. And the Bible says he just walked right through them. That's dominion power. Not just a power over, but a power to go through. The Roman government thought they could stop him. But he had the right of a higher kingdom. And he went right through Calvary. He went right through that grave. He went right through hell. He went right through it. The devil himself could not stop Jesus. Because Jesus had dominion. 
He went right through that enemy. The devil had to leave the wilderness. Do you realize where the devil goes? He goes to the dry and arid places. I don't even have this in my notes, but I feel it. Jesus went to the place where the devil hangs out the most. And it was the devil who had to leave. That's the biggest picture of dominion I can give you right now. The place the devil owns, he doesn't own anymore. Get thee behind me, Satan. Get up out of here because the Lord of glory has just taken dominion over this. There are parts of this city that the devil has control of, but the church of Jesus Christ is called to go rise above it, be over it, and move through it, and chase out depression, chase out hatred, chase out death, chase out sickness. We have, we have his dominion power we can do it somebody said we can do it in jesus name jesus has i'm getting ahead of myself i'm too happy right now jesus has all kratos dominion what does he do with this dominion if you've been here the last few weeks what what can you guess what can you guess what does he do with this dominion power he keeps it right that's all mine suckers ah it's mine nope he gives it away He gives it to us. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. Finally be strong in the Lord and in the power and in his mighty power. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Whose dominion is it? You make mark my words today. I am not talking about my dominion. I am not talking about your dominion. I don't have power over things. I ought to be six feet under. I'm not stronger than devil. I'm not. Man was made lower than the angels. I've got no power over them. It is Jesus Christ who ascended into heaven and sits on the very throne of God. He has the one that has power over. And so when we're talking about dominion, we're talking about His dominion. Self-help book will talk about you need to get your dominion in your life. You need to get your strength and your power. Nope, you need his. My dominion is not worth a sermon. And your dominion won't get you very far. Adam and Eve were given dominion in Genesis 1. And by Genesis 3, they had lost it. When they came under the authority of the serpent through the power of agreement, that would be another great sermon to talk about. The power of agreement is a way to gain the power of the Lord. It's also a way to lose the power of the Lord in your life by coming into agreement with someone else. Amos 3.3, how can two walk together except they be in agreement? Very good. Whose dominion? It's the Lord's dominion. When Jesus gives you His dominion, can you say those two words? His dominion. When you, when you receive His dominion, you can walk on water too. I was talking to Sarah about that today. So many people forget Peter walked on water. It's a little preaching trick. You can always trick your audience. I'm so sorry. I'm telling you my secrets. You go, who walked on water? And everyone says, Jesus, right? But when Jesus, when Peter was looking unto Jesus, he walked on water too. Mm. you can lay claim to the kingdom with Jesus. You can do all things through Christ who gives you 
strength. His dominion will call you out of the grave one day. His dominion can cause a legion of demons to flee. His dominion will cause you to have power over so that you can go through. I've got a question today as my worship team's coming. We're going to spend some time talking to God, singing praise to Him, reaching out to Him. I've got to ask you, are you living by your dominion or His? Are you living by your power or His? Are you living by your authority or His? I want us to think back to that first Goomba. That first Goomba. That lamest character in all of Mario defeat. How could he defeat so many? As Scott said, Scott powerfully said, all you got to do is jump on it, right? Or you just avoid it. Don't let it walk on you. How about that? Can you keep it from walking on you? You've just defeated the, the lamest Goomba. I was thinking about this sermon, and this came to me so strongly, I hope it blessed you. I want you to think back to the Garden of Eden. And I, I want you to consider that the serpent is a lot like the first Goomba. Usually we think of the devil like as this big, really strong battle big strong person to defeat but I want you to consider for a moment that he's not that he is the first Goomba in Genesis 3 but here's why here's why I can say that who had dominion over the garden and everything in the garden Adam and Eve God gave them dominion over the garden and everything in the garden does that check out all right remind me where is the serpent You follow me? Who needs me to slow down? Does everybody get this? They had dominion. The person, the, the being that was not of the advantage was the serpent. Adam and Eve had dominion over that thing. That means they tell him to leave, he has to go. They want to throw him into a tree. They can't. They can do all the things. In fact, he doesn't even, well, he doesn't even have the power to bite them according to scripture, because there's no viciousness in any of the creatures. There is no such thing as venom in the Garden of Eden. So we had no power to harm them, only to talk to them, which they didn't even have to listen and to entertain that. Adam and Eve had the dominion of God in that garden. But what did they do? They listened to the Goomba and treated that silly little thing like it knew better than God. We're not talking the boss battle here. We're talking the first Goomba. And they end up losing their dominion to the one who had no dominion in that garden. And it looked like the game was over, but Jesus came. Jesus came and about 2,000 years ago. He operated in dominion. Every step was in dominion. In fact, he had a dominion that caught everybody's attention. It caught the attention of the Pharisees. It caught attention of the, the sinners. It caught attention of the Gentiles. Roman soldiers were like, hey, uh, can you heal my servant? Uh, the devils were paying attention. They, they, 
They knew there was something there. I'm telling you, when Jesus walked the earth, he walked in a dominion that had not been seen since Genesis 3. Jesus walked in that dominion that Adam and Eve had lost. But Jesus never lost that dominion. And he took that dominion and he bore our sorrows with it. He took that dominion and he, with his stripes, has healed all of our diseases. He took that dominion and all all of the things that chastise us, he's covered them and it gives us peace. He has not only had dominion to win the game, but because he has dominion, he has given it unto us so that we can win. Jesus brought us what? He brought us the kingdom. He brought the kingdom to earth. He brought it to us. And he says, why don't you join it? Why don't you come into this kingdom? You're welcome in this kingdom. You've got the power and the privilege and the right to be in this kingdom. Are you in that kingdom today? He's inviting you. But in order for you to come, you you need to jump past the Goomba. Can you manage that today? Some, it might be the Goomba of coming to an altar and getting over the fear of somebody watching you walk to an altar. Jump over that today. God has the dominion in your next prayer to cover every Goomba, every silly thing, every really serious thing, everything that you're struggling against. He's got it for you. Do you want it? For more information about redemption, look us up online at redemption-church.com. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or even our anonymous question text line at 214-856-0550. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed day.